Can you really make six figures a year using a drone to take pictures of houses? The people I'm going to tell you about in this special episode do exactly that, and most of them didn't have any special training before they started. They actually weren't photographers and they weren't drone pilots, for the most part. This special episode also discusses how to spot other opportunities like this one. So hey, what's up? Welcome. This is Chris Guillebeau, and today's episode is a bit different. It is an extended cut, our fifth extended cut, extended episode of year number two. I believe it is number 17 in total, if I'm not mistaken, and we're calling it Six Figure Drone Pilots. Now, this episode is all about a topic that is both specific to the time I'm recording it, and it should be applicable no matter when you happen to listen. So what I mean is that I'm going to talk about an opportunity a number of people have discovered to make a lot of money using this particular interest or this particular skill, drone photography. And that's the topic that's specific to this time period. I'm recording it in the late summer, early fall of 2018, probably relevant for at least another year or so. But even if you're listening later, the episode in general is still going to be relevant because the more important thing you can learn is how to spot opportunities like this one in the first place. So if you're new or also because it's been 30 days since our last one, every month we have one of these special episodes diving into a particular topic. Uh, often the topic comes up from one of our listeners or our, several of our listeners who are all sending in similar questions. Sometimes like today, it's in response to something that's happening in popular culture where I think there's some observations to be made about that specific topic, but then also more generally, what can we take from this? What observations can we make that can help us perhaps somewhere else, even if we don't want to do exactly what these people are doing? So far in previous extended cuts, we've had all kinds of topics, including one on nine starter platforms, different websites, you can go and make a profile and account and begin making money right away. We've had an episode on how to price your product or service. We get lots of questions about that. How do I decide what the price should be for this thing I'm making? Never done that before. Episodes on how to get a book deal, how to market your book or creative project, lessons in podcasting, how to choose between different ideas and behind the scenes of a million dollar Etsy shop. The links to all those episodes, if you want to go and binge listen, or if you want to check out the notes, because a lot of them have detailed notes, lots of links, resources, all kinds of free stuff. Uh, oh, by the way, all this is free. More on that in a second. The links to all those are at sidehustleschool.com slash extended. Again, sidehustleschool.com slash extended. That's also where you can see the notes to this episode, including a link to the article that I'm going to mention. So we will jump into today's lesson, which is all about six-figure drone pilots, right after this quick message from our sponsor. And I just want to say thanks to our sponsors. I really do appreciate them. They allow me and our production team to bring this episode and all the other extended cuts and all of our daily episodes to you completely free. They usually have a special valuable offer. So here's a shout out to them. And then I'll tell you all about this fascinating world of drone photography. All right, so I read this article recently on MarketWatch, which I'll link up in the show notes. And it was all about this new industry of people earning a lot of money for drone photography. If you have been living under a rock for the past five years, uh, a drone is a flying device that you control via remote control. And you can kind of rig it with a camera to basically go up in the sky and take aerial photos and stuff. And some of the people who were profiled had never done photography before getting into this business. And some specifically learned to fly drones in order to profit from this new industry. So in other words, it's not as though most of the people are getting paid to take photos of houses for real estate agents or stadiums or other places, whatever it was. It's not as though most of those people were professional photographers who learned to fly drones. And it's not as though they were professional pilots or drone pilots who learned to do photography. 
a lot of them learned both skills as they explored this opportunity. So instead of using the skills they already have, which is what I talk about a lot on the show, they focused on the opportunity instead. And they said, okay, here's the opportunity. What are the skills I need you know, to make this happen, to make this work for myself? So it really was interesting to see how different people are doing this in different ways. And that article showed, for example, a guy from Colorado who was working as a waiter and is now on track to make something like $200,000 this year again, doing drone photography. It also showed a woman from New York who is on track to make $40,000 this year part-time, working about 10 hours a week. And she actually has a specialty. Instead of doing real estate photography, she specializes in providing drone lessons as part of Airbnb's experiences program. Airbnb has this thing now where in addition to renting a place to stay, you can also sign up for an experience like a wine tasting or apparently a drone flight lesson, which is what she does. There was also a guy in Denver who said, flying for big name companies can net me $3,500 a day, $3,500 a day. The article also went into some of the average startup costs for these little businesses. Uh, and those startup costs are moderate. It's not free. It's not a $100 startup in most cases. You have to purchase a drone, at least one of them. And your biggest investment is probably going to be a good camera if you don't have a good camera. You also need a license from the FCC and insurance. So it's not something that's completely out of the picture for most people who are interested in it, but it's also not an insignificant amount of money to get going. So I don't actually think that most of our audience is going to go out and, and drop everything to become a, a drone photographer, but just a couple of next steps if you are interested in it, if you do want to do something like this, I would say, first of all, read that article, which again, I'm going to link up in the show notes, sadasilschool.com slash extended. Uh, and also be sure you check out episode 500 of the show, uh, which is all about a married couple who goes from a crashed drone, they actually crashed their drone into a New York City street, or maybe it was a car in a New York City street, to a soaring side hustle, making multiple six figures, showing people how to do drone photography, some interesting resources from there. And then last on this part, if you're going to do that, or if you're interested in that, be sure you pay as much attention to the marketing side of a business like this as you do to the technical side. Because as awesome as it is that some folks are out there making $200,000 a year or $40,000 a year part-time or whatever the number is doing this, I bet there are also a lot of qualified drone pilots out there who aren't really earning much money at all because they haven't figured out some business basics like creating a website and publishing an offer. All the things I talk about in the side hustle book from idea to income in 27 days. I don't want to say the technical skills are not important, but the business marketing side of this is, is critical. Then being willing to follow up on leads and so on, all that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, and I think somebody even made this point in that article, most of the time spent in this kind of work isn't actually flying drones. It's everything else you need to do. It's all the business administration to support something like that. So just a couple of points there, read the article, check out episode 500, uh, and make sure you pay attention to the marketing side of this, uh, at least as much so as you do to the technical side. However, like I said, I'm assuming that most of our listeners are not going to drop everything to go out and become a drone photographer, give notice at your job tomorrow, or leave without giving notice. That's not your plan. So that's why I want to spend most of the analysis here looking at the bigger picture from a 10,000-foot view. See what I did there? Drone photography? Because what happens when stories like this come out is that everyone says, oh, I need to do that. And the story goes viral and everybody's sharing it on their Facebook. And they're like, this is the business opportunity of the future. If only I, I invest in this, then all of a sudden I'm going to be able to make X dollars, whatever it is. The reality is, and, and most of our, our smart listeners like yourself probably know this already, by the time everybody hears about something, the market has peaked and there will be a lot more people entering the market. Therefore, the cost to enter the market will go up and the profit potential in that market will go down. In other words, it's going to be harder to enter the market because more people are there. You're going to have to work harder to stand out. You're going to have to have better equipment, a better website, a better offer, and so on. And you'll have to work harder to get fewer clients and probably be paid less. Because when this service is in great demand and there are only a few suppliers, that's when the suppliers can charge a premium price. 
But then all of a sudden you have lots of people entering the market and so there's a pricing correction. So the bigger skill is learning to spot opportunities like this in the first place. So if you don't want to be a drone pilot, what can you look for? What can you spot? I was thinking as well about Bitcoin, for example, or cryptocurrency. Now, I do believe that there are still a lot of opportunities in cryptocurrency today. I don't do anything with cryptocurrency because I don't understand it. I'm just going to be very honest there. I'm like, I understand the concept. Like, I'm going to get emails about this. I know. I understand the concept. I understand what Bitcoin is. I, I understand blockchain and so on. But I don't know enough about it to put my money in it. And when it comes to investing, I don't think you should put your money into things you don't understand. However, that said, if you had bought even a single Bitcoin years ago, when they were $5 each or $50 each or even a couple hundred dollars, it would be worth $6,500 today. So, you know, one Bitcoin a few years ago is worth $6,500 today. And if you're listening to this at a different time, it may be some other figure, but guess how many Bitcoins I own? Sadly, the answer is zero. I use the phrase gold rush in describing a phenomenon like everyone trying to sign up to fly drones for money or everyone who doesn't know anything about Bitcoin trying to suddenly make money by mining it or buying and reselling it or whatever. These opportunities are not going to last forever. But while it lasts, at least before it peaks, somebody out there is going to mine that gold, whether literally or figuratively. And we see these trends all the time in the world of side hustles. It's, it's a big reason why I try to make this show as evergreen as possible. So that every day I'm telling you about a different opportunity and that specific opportunity may dry up, but that's okay because there's definitely a lesson there that if you listen a year out, two years out, I would say that there are at least 70 to 80% odds that it's still somewhat relevant, okay? So since you might not be able to buy Bitcoin for a reasonable price today, and we've established that most of our listeners are probably not going to become drone pilots, what can you do? Let's look at a couple of other examples, a couple of other examples of trends that turned into successful side hustles that we have featured on the show. Episode 233, the fidget spinner cookie that brings in $2,000 a month. This one that we featured there is a little bit different than the drone pilots who had never flown a drone or taken photography. This woman was already baking and selling cookies of unusual shapes and sizes. And when this fidget spinner trend hit, which again, if you've lived under a rock fidget spinner, just Google it, it's a thing. Her cookie ended up getting all kinds of national attention. And then she followed up on that attention, which is, is super smart because it's, it's often like you have this opportunity and the opportunity comes and it is luck. It's good fortune. You can't make it happen. But then what do you do when that opportunity lands in your lap? So she followed up. For example, when the T-Mobile CEO retweeted one of the stories about her, she called the PR office of T-Mobile and asked if she could send him a batch of cookies. They said yes. And when she did, he shared about them even more. So super smart. Fidget spinner cookie brings in $2,000 a month. It's a trend. She's already doing something in that industry. Well, the cookie baking industry, let's call it big cookie, I guess you could say. And she kind of puts these two things together and it ends up bringing her an additional $2,000 a month in business for, I don't, I don't know how many months, but for quite a while, I think. Uh, other examples, episode 278, Snapchat filters for weddings lead to $1,400 a month. Snapchat filters, again, it's a thing. If you know about Snapchat, you know what filters are. If you don't know, well, Snapchat is a social network. These geo filters are for Snapchat users. If you're having a wedding or some other event in a specific location, you can get a customized filter. This is a guy, or I believe it was a couple. It's been a while. Uh, somebody out there ends up making these custom Snapchat filters and then sells them as a service. One more episode, number 530, stoner culture emojis roll out $10,000 a month in passive income. So this is probably the biggest success of all three. This guy ends up creating marijuana-themed emojis and ends up getting a license to create merchandise for them. The merchandise is sold in all these gas stations and convenience stores all across America. And then he creates an app as well, if I'm not mistaken. Again, it's been a little while, but that goes on to earn this you know, very high passive income month after month. These are all examples of a trend that someone has followed and monetized in some way. 
Okay, I'll give you a couple of principles here in a moment. I just thought of one more quick episode that we just did very recently, episode 599. The avocado queen earns $45,000 selling spreadable granola. I don't want to say that everything she's doing is a trend because she's actually building these long-term relationships with her followers, people that are following her on Instagram. But I do think perhaps the food product, that kind of thing is something that people are, are interested in for a short period of time and she's capitalizing on it. Okay, so let's talk about some principles. I'll give a couple of, of actionable items or some things to consider or think about. And then I'll talk about bird hunting. What do I mean by bird hunting? Well, stay tuned. I'll tell you about that uh, before we wrap up for the day. So first, if you're looking for trends, if you're looking for opportunities, whether it's a short-term trend or something that's here to stay, it's just kind of emerging, understand that not every trend or new pattern is monetizable. So make sure that there's a market for whatever you discover. And how do you do that? Well, you might not know for sure, but you can ask yourself, is there a clear connection to something that is bought or sold or could be? Okay, so in the case of drone photography, a lot of these people's clients are real estate agents or other people in the field of real estate, broadly speaking, and they need aerial photography done. Obviously, the real estate industry consists almost entirely of buying and selling or trading or promoting or reselling. But you know, basically, it's like buying and selling homes or commercial properties. So you know that there's money there. You know that there is a potential service at least. With the other things I mentioned, maybe it's not as clear, but like the Snapchat filters thing. You think, well, are people buying Snapchat filters? If you're familiar with that service, then you've probably seen a lot of these filters. You can probably tell, like, okay, other people are using these custom filters. Is it guaranteed that I'm going to make money if I pursue this? Of course not. But is there a market for it? It seems so. So you have to make sure that there is a market for whatever it is you're deciding to do or whatever industry or opportunity or trend you're pursuing. Otherwise, it's really not worth your time because it's probably not going to lead to much. Next, and how's this for a tip? Be in the right place at the right time. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, great tip, Chris. You know, be in the right place at the right time. It's like saying win the lottery. But no, the thing is, like, there are lots of right places and there are lots of right times. It's not a single right place, a single right time. I think what you need to ask yourself is, just like the previous question, is there a clear connection to something that's bought or sold or could be? Ask yourself, what are you sitting on right now? What do you see happening? What's happening in your life? What skill do you have? What do you think is interesting or different or even weird happening in the culture that there might be a chance to, to make money from? Okay, so for an example, that's almost a, a counterexample here, comments on bird hunting. Another article I saw recently was about the invasion of electric scooters on the streets of major cities, especially in the US, and I'm sure they're probably elsewhere as well. I first saw these myself in San Diego and Los Angeles. Uh, now they're in Portland, Seattle, and presumably, as I said, lots of other places. There are hundreds of scooters that all of a sudden are just parked on the streets, and anybody can go and ride them, usually for a cost of about a dollar plus you know, 10 cents a minute or so. And all of these scooters put there by these companies, they need to be charged at night because they're electric scooters. So the companies that make them, they don't have employees that go out and do this. They hire a fleet of contractors, just like Uber or Lyft drivers, to go out and retrieve and charge them. One is called bird. That's where bird hunting comes from. Another one is called lime. There are at least three or four others. And you can sign up and get paid up to $25 a device to go out and pick up a scooter at night and, and charge it and then put it back out in the morning. You know, the more devices you collect and charge, the more money you can make and so on. And the, the article that I saw, which I think was in Wired, uh, it shows that some people are making $100, $150 a day or sometimes more doing this. In some cases, it's like high school students that are doing it, which is which is pretty cool. So why haven't I talked about it? Why isn't this episode called, hey, everybody go and register to become a bird hunter? And what's different between this and drone photography? Well, there are a couple of different things. You know, First of all, a lot of those people are not making $100 to $150 a day. 
most people that are doing it are, are making $25 a day or even less, or they're spending a lot of time driving around trying to find a scooter, trying to get it charged, and then they have to take it out in the morning as well. So it's not really worth it for them. But also, I haven't told anybody to sign up for it because I don't think it's the smartest thing you can do. Could be fun, could be a little good little experiment if you've never done something like that before. But with that kind of thing, you're not really building your own asset, which is what I talk about all the time on Side Hustle School. It's not so much about going to work for somebody else. That's what you already do. You have a job. This is about creating something for yourself. So if you sign up to collect these electric scooters, just like if you sign up to drive for a rideshare company, you are a freelancer, you are a contractor, but you're not really working for yourself. You know, it's kind of like this, this gray area, this matrix zone where you're kind of trapped in the sense that you might have control over your schedule, but you really don't have control over your income. Like your income is essentially capped because there are lots of other people doing this and it's somebody else's system. And the people that run the system can change the rules of the system at any given time. So if you compare these two opportunities, the bird hunting to the drone photography, with drone photography, you're not signing up with anybody else's system. You are potentially, at least if you're doing this, you're potentially building a real business. You're not at the mercy of some other company or some other system. Uh, you have to deal with competition. You have to learn how to do those business things I mentioned, but there isn't any artificial restriction that's holding you back. Okay, so you could say, you know, the sky's the limit. Sorry, that was just too easy. The point is, with one opportunity, you're in somebody else's system. With another opportunity, you're making something for yourself. Okay, so not every trend is monetizable, but with drone photography, it clearly was, clearly is still. And you can be in the right place at the right time by asking yourself, where is one right place? Where is one right time? What can I find right now that's relevant for me or is something that I might be motivated to learn? And my last comment on those electric scooters, by the way, is that the ease of startup and the zero cost of the startup is why it's still interesting. Okay, so if you are out there hunting these electric scooters and charging them at night, you might as well earn some extra money. I mean, if it's working for you, let me know. And there's no investment to it. So it's interesting in that way. I just don't think it's a great you know, business or a great use for most people's time. So I'm going to leave you with this question. What are you noticing or observing? What's happening in the world that you think could be relevant to something like this, some kind of money-making project, or what's happening in your world? What's happening around you? So you got two different things. You got the broader culture. You've got society, capital S or lowercase s, as, as you see fit. And you've also got your world, okay? The things that you're working on, the skills that you have, if you've been doing any kind of deep dive into your own skills, things that you're good at or things that you have knowledge of as you're trying to figure out what should my next side hustle be? What have you learned? What questions do you have? Uh, let me know if this is interesting or helpful to you. Uh, but more importantly, do something for yourself. What are you noticing or observing? What's happening in the world or your world? And uh, if you're sharing about Side Hustle School on social media, I always appreciate people who share the episodes and let their friends know about the show. Uh, just use hashtag Side Hustle School, all one word. And again, if you'd like to see the notes and all the links to things I mentioned in this episode, just come to SideHustleSchool.com slash extended. That's all for today. You are a rock star. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow for the regular daily episode that's going to continue to come out every single day. Crazy how that works. Thank you again. My name is Chris Gillibo. This is Side Hustle School. 